Writers up. This is Riders Up, the best place to get all the horse racing news and information that you need. Now here's your host, Frank Lyon. Welcome to Riders Up here on ESPN Radio. I am your host, Frank Lyons. This program is brought to you by Transformer Equine. For more on these products, go to TransformerEquine.com. We have a great show for you today. We have Garrett O'Rourke, the manager of Judmont Farm, who will send out Hofburg to the Belmont next week, trying to stop Justify in his bid to become the 13th Triple Crown winner. And also, I'm very pleased to tell you that we have the legendary and most amazing vet, Dr. Mark Cheney, who's such an interesting man in general. We hear his stories about old times and current times. Can't wait for that. But first, we need to go to break here on ESPN Radio, 1300 AM and 92.5 FM. We'll be right back. Arthrosize is a breakthrough new joint supplement for performance horses. It features a revolutionary new hyaluronic acid. It's the smallest molecular size and weight, therefore it passes the gut wall. You'll see results in three to five days and we guarantee it. We also have a special introductory offer. If you buy a gallon, you get a free quart. What a great way to start. Welcome back to ESPN Sports Radio, 1300 AM. I am your host, Frank Lyons, and you're listening to Riders Up. And right now on the phone, we have probably the best known vet in the country, I would say, Dr. Mark Cheney. Doc, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Frank? I'm good. Yeah. So, Doc, uh, now, you've been the attending vet for, I hear, nine derby winners. Is that right? Well, I don't know a few of them. That's sure. It's been quite an honor, I'll tell you. That's for sure. Yeah. Now, what's your favorite part of being a vet these days? Well, i tell you what. Actually, I grew up. We had... uh, walking horses, show horses, so I've been around horses all my life, but I tell you, it's just, uh, I'm still going, Frank, I'm 74, and I thought about retiring, but boy, it's difficult, and, uh, you know, I actually got to say that I love horses, I mean, yeah. I just enjoy seeing them, and, sure. you know, we, some, might sound crazy, but some of them, you think you can talk to them. Oh, definitely. But then, then I, listen, I like the people, too. That's interesting. It's fun, too. You know, even the, come out in the morning and see the grooms and get around with them and the trainers and uh, talking to you. You know, just sure. great conversations and stories come up. So <laughs> it really keeps you halfway mentally fit. You know, like... Uh... Every time you walk into a barn, you know that everyone is pleased to see you. Everyone starts smiling. You know what? What keeps your enthusiasm up? Well, just what I said. And you just enjoy going in and seeing the horses. And of course, they, a lot of them have varying degrees of arthritis. It's it's quite a thrill. You talk about horses or trainers? Horses. <laughs> well, they have they have mental problems. <laughs> But the horses, you know, they're just like any uh, human athletes, uh, football players, basketball. They hurt their knees, and and they get arthritis, and it's just fun. Some of them are actually lame, and we x-ray them nothing. And, uh, you know, we put a 
good products with hyaluronic acid and some corticosteroids, and it helps heal the joints, and then you see them get sound and win a race and sometimes win really nice stakes races, and it's, you know, it makes you feel like you accomplished something. Sure. Now, do you, to help them out. Do you perform surgeries at all, Doc? No, I don't. I used to do it many years ago, a lot of surgeries, and uh tremendous amount of throat surgeries but i ended up giving it up because you know you're working all day and then sure. you have people now that are accomplished that's all they do so yeah uh, but the main reason i quit especially the throat surgeries because i'd have to see those horses every day and the trainers you know would be griping that i messed that one up or <laughs> something like that so i said well the hell with it i'm gonna let somebody else take the grief yeah yeah <laughs> they'll be in an office hidden somewhere and they won't be showing up talking to the trainers every day i know exactly what you mean uh, uh. Yeah, exactly. now where exactly did you grow up and at what age did you want to? I grew up in uh, a town, small town, 75 miles south of Lexington, Somerset, Kentucky. Yeah. And wh- wh- what age did you think to yourself that I'd like to be a vet? Oh, when I was probably about 16 years old. Huh. And what vet school did you go to? Went to Auburn. Huh. Huh. In Alabama. <laughs> And is is there any little Cheneys running around? No, sir. No, we run horses. We never could have, never did have children. Huh. But uh, I, we sure miss it, though. But I wish there were. Yeah, we'd like to have a a little Doc Cheney running around here somewhere. Yes, sir. Well, thank you. Uh, now, what about we have to mention Bill Graves passing? That was uh, very sad, oh. very sudden, and uh, kind of shocking to the whole industry. Uh, do you know? Oh. Yeah. He was actually our neighbor, lived about 10 doors down from him. And really? he's one sincere. I text uh, Brian, his son, right away, and I said, he's one of, one of the most wonderful people I've ever met in my life. I yeah. mean, that's quite a compliment. You know, you met a lot, but he's always smiling and wants to yeah. tell a good story or joke, and we're just so sad. And then. The industry will uh, miss him so much. He's just such a great horseman. I mean, he was uh, just brilliant in evaluating yearlings and yeah. owning that business. And oh, we'll sorely miss him. I mean, everyone said the same thing. You know that uh, it really impacted everyone in the horse business. Well, basically because we really most of us had no idea that he was sick. Well, yep, I think he had had some problems, you know, the last six or eight months. Yeah. But I think he was, you know, seemed to be doing fine with it. And then I guess it just took a wrong turn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have any good Bill Graves stories? Well, um, one of them is good one is uh, – his partner out, Dennis Lynch and Bill Graves, you know, we go look at, I've examined many yearlings of sales for years, and the people now, who are you doing this for? So uh, I thought the idea, I said, well, I've done it for Bill Graves or his ex-wife or 
Dennis Lynch, and then the people finally caught on to it and said, well, heck, they haven't even looked at these horses. So <laughs> Dennis and uh, Bill Graves, now, they, 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 they said, well, we got you a big list now. Go look at these horses for us. And <laughs> we had quite a joke over the years with that. Uh, uh, but, now, who were, who were you ever in awe of meeting? Oh, daggone, they'd be a lot. And I actually got to meet him one time. You won't believe he wasn't in the horse business. It was, his, uh, it was Lefty Cray. I was so in awe to get to meet him one time. And I actually took a fly casting lesson from him about an hour and a half. And that was one of my biggest uh, fans. You know, I love sure. trout fishing. Well, any fly fishing. Yeah. So is that your, like, is that your, besides work, what would you enjoy to do? That's or, it, yeah. Fly I pretend to like golf. But oh, yeah. It's so bad. I don't know. Sometimes you get so aggravated you don't even like it. Well, I heard. I, heard, I love golf. Yeah. You've got some good golfing buddies that are trainers? Yes, yeah. Through the years we have, yeah, we've had a lot of fun. I tell you, so many of us. We got to where we're not playing as much. We, I mean, I've played for years with sure. Shug and Mike Dole and Rusty Arnold and Buzzy Tenney and Phil Hoswall. And, boy, we've had some great times uh, over the years. Uh, now, I know that you, ta- you, 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 know, you keep a close watch uh, because you've always got an opinion on uh, these racehorses. What do you think about Justify? And, you know, do you think he'll win? I'm I'm skeptical. I I mean he is an absolute outstanding, one of the best racehorses we've seen in years. But boy, it is. Well, you know better than me. You've watched them. You've been around them. But and I'll tell you one thing is just amazing about this horse. Uh, like you said before, I've been working on the horses running in the Derby for many years, and uh, the majority of them after. Strength that the next day they might lose 75 to 100 pounds. It is such a tremendous stress on yeah. them. And, they, and literally, they just become two years old, most of them. Sure. I mean, they're two and just barely turned three. Three, you know, yeah. Was born in May or something. They were literally two years old, and it really stresses them. And, and you've seen it too over the years. So many horses of the 20 that run in the Derby. I mean, it might be three, four, five months before you ever see them run again. And I think it takes such a toll on them. Sure. And so the example now of this horse is come out of it, I understand very well, and won the Preakness. But, boy, I tell you, five tough races in, in uh, 90 days. Yeah. That's asking a lot for a horse, isn't it? And he didn't have any season as a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. I don't know that mile and a half might get him, but uh, of course you never know. He breathes really, yeah. really well the other day, so he he might do it again. Yeah, but, you know, I have the same feeling that you have, though, that it's an awful tough ask to ask a horse. Now, he'll have six races in uh, like 12 weeks, and so that's a, a race every two weeks, including the Derby, where you're asked to go further than you've ever gone, and run harder than you've ever ran and then you come back right back into Preakness 
And, you know, I mean, uh, I think he still has to do it uh, in, in the uh, in the Bellman. He still has to show up, I mean, and uh, show up as a, a, as a, a horse ready to go and uh, ready to run a mile yeah. and a half around Big Sandy. And uh, I'm not sure what we're going to see next week. But um, Well, it's amazing, too, Frank, uh, which we said the horses nowadays, variety of reason they don't have the bone structure we had years ago yeah. i think we've tried to breed speed into them which is exciting but they don't stay as sound mm-hmm. and then of course not durable we were talking about uh conquistador cielo sure. years ago he ran in two allowance races yeah like uh 10 days apart then he won the met mile and then i think the next week he won the belmont yeah. now that's he had four races in five weeks, but yeah. these our horses now they're just not as sturdy and strong as yeah. they used to be to take that beating. And so, in saying that, you you follow horses. I mean, it's 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 kind of common just about horses. Luckily, if they run once a month, yeah, in, uh, a year, you know, they get eleven or twelve starts in a year. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, that would be that would be a would be a, a, a good year to get eleven or twelve starts out of a horse these days. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, now speaking about Conquistador Cielo and Woody Stevens, he won five Belmonts in a row, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Right. Did, did you used to do any work for Woody? No, I never did. Woody wouldn't. He never did want to do much work to a horse. He'd just send them over there, and they'd have problems that they'd run through it. Sure. Like we said, they were tougher horses back then. Yeah. yeah. I worked on one horse farm. It was uh, uh, gone, I should remember his name. He became a great stallion. Swale. And. Uh, no, uh, no, he died. You know? Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Oh, he had uh, a heart attack. But then he'd gone west. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Mrs. Chandler, her clients, you know, bought him for a stag, and then they wanted to run him a time or two more, and boy, he sure was a sore horse. So <laughs> we did a, did a lot of work on him, and uh, that's when we, well, we've been using hyaluronic acid in those joints because it helps heal the cartilage and Woody said well I never heard of that just put Depo in him and Depo Medraw and I yeah. said no Woody I don't put that in ankles and knees well okay do whatever you want to and of course he, then he won the next big stake and I think they retired him then yeah yeah uh, but he's... now what, what do you think is the most difficult thing about being a vet these days well, you don't want to get me started on that. Um, <laughs> it's really, I, I think, uh, the, the, you know, the regulatory people that are, are making the judgments on our therapeutic medication, they don't understand the physiology and and how they work in a horse. And uh, we're being limited so much with our therapeutic medication, I don't think we can properly take care of them uh, you know, like just using, you know, the general thinking they say if you put corticosteroids in a joint, uh, you know, it were causing breakdowns, and it's just the opposite. I mean, we um, there's astounding research for that Michael Wraith at Colorado State and yeah. recognizes, and we know 
is fed in there and said they're chondro protective. Uh, you know, especially the bed log, trimcinolone, it heals the cartilage. And they were using such a limited amount, they were not achieving, you know, a repair. Yeah. Is, is the problem. And that's the biggest problem, I think, all of us racetrack bad. The, uh, so, um, but anyway, I, let me tell you a good story. I've been wanting to tell this to a lot of people. I had, well, I had one horse. He got beat uh, a nose in the Breeders' Cup sprint. Well, in November, you know, as a two-year-old uh-huh. turning three, uh, the trainer said, well, let's uh, work on the ankles of this horse. And, I mean, they were so full of fluid and big around and I you know injected him and put the HA in there and and the fluid was really ugly and I told the trainer you need to stop on this horse and blister him and give him some time off of course he'd won the Remsen and they were thinking oh no we're going to win the derby with him uh-huh. and so anyway we did him you know uh, four times and the fluid's still bad, and uh, then the fifth time it got looking better. Well, any, here's to show you that we're helping horses. It's most time. We injected that horse's ankles 14 times in nine months and never did stop on him. Wow. And I saw him when they put him on a van to go stand as a stallion. His ankles looked like a yearling. Really? The horse there. Huh. So they were normal. And that, you know, that's it, it's us. We're, you know, as practicing vets, we're we're really uh, delayed in, you know, taking care of a horse properly. Sure. I'm sure I might offend a lot of people, but I wish we could have seminars and educate the regulatory people instead of worried about somebody that basically yeah. is. Yeah. Being nefarious and cheating, we need to get them instead of worrying about. Uh, therapeutic medication yeah so but you're not uh, uh, fr- afraid of offending anyone are you doc <laughs> well, <I should>. <laughs> 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 well no, probably not yeah. I, mean, I don't know whether that's a good trade or not yeah no, i get along with people pretty uh, good oh you do yeah now what's your opinion about the uh, banning of lasix on two-year-olds in grade one races Oh, I think it's crazy. Yeah. That's that, the biggest thing is, now we have, you know, it's a fact. Research is up to 70, 75% of the thoroughbred racehorses will bleed in their lungs sometime during their career. Yeah. And I don't know if you're played football, basketball. I know I was playing basketball one time and Ella's out of shape so bad and got the coughing and bled my lungs. And boy, what a horrible taste and feeling that is. So I always correlate to those horses. And if we know they're going to bleed, they've been bleeding, you know, breezing and things, and then you want to send them out there and don't give them anything and just let them bleed. Yeah. Because every time they bleed, it damages they damage. the lung. Yeah. The more, and then sometimes we, I don't care what you give them, you can't stop it. But And and Lasix is certainly uh, not damaging. And they give it the, you know, uh, congestive heart failure, people. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, to save their life. I had a buddy of mine went in, they thought he was having that started, and they gave him five cc's of Lasix, which would give a horse. Yeah. Wow. Every 12 hours for four times. Huh. He was, and, uh, he was getting up every five minutes. Yeah, but anyway, the point is, is it's just, I, uh, you know, in my opinion, would be inhumane to not be able to give them something. Sure. You know, to stop that bleeding. And I've been on panels and things for many years. Hopefully we could get some research and use, you know, find a medication or some herbal supplements that really worked and you didn't have to worry about getting Lasix. But it's not much of a detriment. They're going to be dehydrated, et cetera, anytime after a hard race without Lasix. Sure, yeah. So I, I, I think it's you're really, really not thinking about the horse if we stop it completely. Okay. Now, is there any sort of alternative to, uh, you know, or anything that you recommend to use along with Lasix? Or, uh, because I know that you're the, the main man when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, innovative stuff and... Um, you know, like, is there any anything that you'd like to share with people that you you would? You well, know? we've tried. I mean, we've tried hundreds of products, and uh, <clears throat> and and literally, regretfully, you know, if it's if you have medications that are, you know, be like beta blockers or similar that that sure. lower the blood pressure. That's why how Lasix works; it yeah. lowers the blood pressure. Right. And uh, then, they, you know, the heart isn't pumping so much, and then uh, then you, if you pump too much, you know, you get the small capillaries in the lungs that peel up and they burst yeah. up in the uh, caudal dorsal part of the lungs. So mainly that's the way it works, but there's a lot of products like that that you could, but it, you don't understand why we can't you the those those products you might call them performance enhancing drugs and sure. i don't think they need to be used but we've tried so many herbal products frank and everybody says oh it's a miracle and uh, of course uh, you know it's not none of them in other words are as effective as lasix yeah yeah when it gets down to it yeah i got gotcha. you yeah now, what advice would you give to young people that are wanting to get into the practice of veterinary medicine? Well, I think it's um, right now if, if they want to get into it, but I don't know whether the, so many of them would enjoy mm-hmm. working on a racetrack so, because of what I explained earlier. We're so limited and you're worried about getting a positive test for a tenth of a nanogram of Robaxin or something like that would have no effect on racing performance and, you know, getting in trouble. So, so many of them uh, are going into the sport horse industry. Sure. But doing it, and it'd be be tough for, you know, a young person to start out with a racetrack. Of course, a lot of people don't want to be up at 5.30 in the morning and work to 7 o'clock at night either. Yeah, yeah, and you don't get paid. You're chasing everyone for money. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) after many years, I finally kind of found the people you know that are good about that, but I sure lost a lot of money over the years. Yeah, yeah. 
Now, what are the top five horses that you've worked on? Just give me some well, highlights. I was, uh, yeah, I was really thinking about that. I wrote down a couple of things, Frank, to say that. Of course, um, oh, Shug has had so many wonderful horses. You know, it's sure. just uh, I've been fortunate to work for Shug since uh, when he started. Well, but no, before he had the fifth. So John Ed Anthony yeah. was in 83, and he's had Van Landon. But, but, I mean, I have some of my real, you know, that was really something favorite. Easy go, or I say was, yeah. when you mentioned, yeah. you know, was probably he, he accomplished so much, and yeah. he had, uh, you know, arthritis in his ankles so his whole career. I mean, we rarely ever had to do any work on him, though. He was just an, a great horse and personal ensign. She was yeah. wonderful. And Chugs had so many inside information. Storm flag flying my yeah. flag. Yeah. And, and Lure was certainly a nice horse. And then was glad to see Shug win the Derby. And then I would say my first uh, horse, you know, that I was just I was young and I was just so tickled to death was when Strike the Go. Yeah. Uh, Nick Zito. And, yeah, and boy, we just had quite a good time with him. And he had go for Jen. And yeah. Of course, he upset another. But another thing, too, while you were talking about, Frank, uh, you say your favorite horses, too, is I, I just love horses. And it seems like, you know, most uh, horsemen would agree with you, is those really, really good horses even as a yearling, they just stand out there and look out there like they know they're good. Yeah. You can just see it in them. And so many of them are really, really smart. Yeah, I mean, you can almost talk to them. They don't try to kick you. And Easy Gore was that way, and one way back was one of the smartest horses was Hansel, and he was a pretty fast yeah. horse, too. Frankie one Brothers. Business. And... Um, I'll have another of uh, Doug O'Neill's. He'd let those kids just stand around, pet his legs and stuff. Yeah. And he was it's amazing to see those smart horses, too. Yeah, yeah. I remember Jerry Seinfeld doing a comedy skit, and he said, do you think racehorses know that they win? Do you think they know that they win? And it was supposed to be funny, and I'm like, yes, they do know that they win. Uh, they, you they know, sure do. Absolutely. And, uh, Don't you think that's right, Frank? That's why they compete. And uh, they, they get next to another horse and they want to beat them. Absolutely. I mean, the, the old natural spirit with the wild horses out in the West, they go racing across the field and they want to beat the rest of them. Absolutely. And, you know, I've had many horses that would get so upset when, they when they'd get beat and they wouldn't win. And they'd be, you know, it's like coming home and y y your wife's mad at you. You know, you, you knew there's something up, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, we'll take that same thing. See, I mean, you had some horses, you know, it run in stakes and you've seen it too. Then they just stop and get beat bad for whatever reason, bleeding or et cetera. Yeah. yeah. And then they never win another race again. It's like, you know, they say, oh, hell, well, I've had enough of this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially fillies. Yeah. Don't hurt their feelings, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> yeah. Now, who's the funniest trainer on the backside? Oh, heck, I don't know. 
long time. I've got a lot of them. Yeah. Something else. Uh, well, so, I can't name one right off. Uh, saying that it, that's a good question, though. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you one right now that uh, he's just a great. I'd say the funniest person I know on that all my years has just been associated with last year is uh, Ignacio Corelli. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, he is crazier than hell, but he just makes you laugh every time you talk to him. <laughs> and, uh, well, now ask me the best races. You have your best races you ever saw. Well, I would say my favorite race, my favorite two races are Sunday Silence and Easy Goer in the Preakness. That's mine, too. Is that right? And two derby winners hit the wire together, Ferdinand and Ali Sheba in the Breeders' Cup Classic. Of course, I saw that. But my other favorite, and it was what a miserable day at Churchill, 40 degrees and rain and wind. and Personal ends. And came 15, 20 lengths out and beat winning colors right yeah. Do you know, I was standing right down on uh, on the lower level uh, that day at Churchill Downs, and I remember uh, everyone, because everyone, uh, we had our eyes on personal ends, and of course, and winning colours that won the Derby and Goodbye Halo uh, was on the outside brilliant filly of Charlie Whittingham's. And I remember looking straight across, and personal ends, and uh, we looked at the TV, and she was being, she was just going nowhere. She was, if you could have took oh. it, taken a horse that you you knew was beat at the, uh, you know, with five furlongs to run, it was her. And I mean, you talk about heart and, uh, you know, yeah. undefeated, thirteen for thirteen, winning, undefeated yeah. over three years with pins in her hind ankle, and uh, you tell me that she didn't know what she was doing. Um, uh. What a well, that's pretty neat. That easy going Sunday silence was just, that was phenomenal. And I still get on, sure, I got on Pat Day. He, he was worried about Houston in the far turn there. They had the stretch. Yeah. He wanted kind of ease easy going to hold him in, and now Houston wasn't going to get anything. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why he got beat. And now, a funny story, too, about that. I was sitting in the barn Belmont Day. And Suge told Pat Day, said, Pat, listen, I want you to go up to the front or near the front and never look back. Back If he gets beat 20 lengths, it's my fault. And then you remember what happened. Absolutely. The easy goer. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And that, that, that's a great story. Yeah. Let me tell you one of the neatest stories I've told my, well, I've got so many thousands of <laughs> In regard to Shug, he had a nice horse. He won the Breeders' Cup uh, sprint with him. as Dancing, uh, Dancing Spree. Spree. Yeah. Well, anyway, that horse, he couldn't. I mean, you try to breeze him half a mile, and he's going 52. Huh. I mean, they couldn't get him to go at all, and, and he's sound, and nothing wrong with him. He just didn't think he could run, so he said, well, Brad and Shug said, can you find a Nice place to stand in Will Auburn, where I went to school. They had 25 or 30 mares, and I lined it up. They were going to give him to Auburn for their stallion. Uh-huh. And they were ready to ship him in Auburn. I was so disgusted. They said, Chief, they didn't even want to pay the shipping bill. And so Suge said, just to heck with him. About three or four days later, 
Mary Jane, uh, his ex-wife, uh, said, let me breeze that horse. And she broke him out of the gate, and I don't know, she must have talked to him. That son of a gun went in like 48 and 2 or something. Uh-huh. And just like a, a, a flash just went off. From that day on, you know, he accomplished what he did. Yeah. And they were going to give him away. I think he was by Nijinsky, wasn't he? I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, which wouldn't have been uh, really, you wouldn't have been thinking Breeders' Cup uh, sprint when you'd be looking yeah. at his pedigree. Huh. Huh. I think maybe he was, I forget, but he was well bred to the hill. Yeah, he was out of a mare that began with B, and I can't remember what her name was, Blicky or... Anyway, so uh, we'll we'll get off of Dancing Spree now. Uh, so what what would be your favorite food to eat? Oh, I love uh, fresh fish. Yeah, that's why you sure. that's why you go fishing all the time. No, I don't keep any of them. You don't? No, I'm a catch and release. Yeah. Uh, but I just like, the, you know, yellowtail snapper and uh, grouper and and sushi, bluefin tuna. That, that's all my favorite. That'll keep you healthy. Yes, sir. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you, you don't stay in Kentucky all, all, all year round, though, do you? No, never have. I, uh, I went from, um, got out of school in 69 and ended up working with the Trotters at Pompano till all 81 or 2. And I always wanted to come back to Lexington and, uh, you know, down there in the summer, Lord, you can't raise your hand. You start sweating. Yeah. So, in 80, we decided to move to Lexington. I always wanted to do thoroughbred work, but I like the standard breads. They're wonderful people. Sure. And, uh, Sharp and so people. In, yeah, in 80, then I was doing some standard bread, and I'd done some work, though, the 75 to 80 at Calder in the summer. And uh, so I ended up coming up here in 80, and then I think, Worked for uh, old trainer Hal Steele. Had some good horses. I remember. Life. And then I'll never forget. And then the, after that, Hal Mike Bell he hollered at me, and Mike always he's a great, great horseman. Said, "Boy, I got some of these horses soaring behind, and there wasn't a veterinarian in this old town that had ever injected a set of hawks or yeah. didn't think of stifles and so that's kind of how I've made my living you know really so in 79 yeah. they weren't they weren't injecting hind ends no really in Lexington I got here and there wasn't anybody I mean they did it they all the old trainers back then thought the anything was wrong as the front end why sure. they went short sure. in behind yeah but there, i tell you a funny story, too. I'll never forget, of course, Shug, Mike Bell. In fact, they had a little condominium over there where we all lived together here in Lexington. And, uh, of course, Mike, we worked on two or three of his horses, and they did well. And I was driving up, heading out the Red Mile, their horse path. I saw this little chubby fella running over to me, hollering, Hey, Doc Cheney, something in it. He said, listen, you could you look at a couple of horses hind end for me? And it was Shug. Oh. <laughs> so that's how we first met. And I said, who is this little Chug to myself? Chubby yeah. fella hollering. So that's the first time I'd met him. Huh. Uh, wow. We've had some 
great times together. He's a great man. You know, I... Well, he's just such a great horseman, too. Yeah, of course. He sees it, and we've got quite a few, you know, that... Sure. See, you know, there's something's not right in the right hind or... Yeah. Things like that, and Suge is just, I mean, he's been, and we've got several trainers like that. They just don't miss anything, and if you don't get the hind end straightened out, they're going to put a lot more weight on the front end. Absolutely. That's when they get hurt, and and he's just taking so, you know, his care of them, and uh, they're sound when they go over. Yeah, sure. They might not win, but, I mean, thing, but Suge's horses go over there sound. Yeah, yeah. You know, because, uh, Suge McGahey and myself used to work for Bill O'Neill at Circle O Farm, and Bill said that he had the distinction of firing Suge McGahey and Frank Lyons. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he was a contrario. Right? Yeah, he was. He was a good man, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Doc, well, listen, it's been great to talk to you. Okay. It's been, oh, this is. Uh, it's been a, this was a lot of fun, Frank. Uh, it's a lot better than I thought it'd be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it has been. It's been. It's great to talk about old times. Yeah, you know what? Okay. Yeah, oh, and uh, so we're, we're just very glad that uh, you're still around in uh, amongst uh, us every day, Doc, because we love to see you and we love you, man. Well, okay. Well, thank you for the compliment. Great talking to you. Thank All right. Doc, yeah, Mark Cheney. All right. Uh, so uh, now we got to go off the break here on ESPN Radio. That was a wonderful interview, and we will we'll be right back. After three years of successful trials with thoroughbred racehorses in England, Equalize was introduced in North America December 1st through leading veterinarians and top trainers. Equalize is a daily throat wash and supplement guaranteed to produce wonderful results for problem bleeders, eaters, and breathers. Take us up on the challenge. For more information, visit Equalize.net or call 1-800-615-8829. Welcome back to ESPN Sports Radio. You're listening to Riders Up. I'm your host, Frank Lyons. And right now on the phone, we have Gerard O'Rourke, manager of Judmont Farm, who have Hofburg in next Saturday's Belmont. And I believe that Hofburg has a big chance to beat Justify, Garrett. Well, I sure hope you're right. Um, You know, I think we had the same feeling going into the Kentucky Derby, obviously, and, and came out of it with our tail between our legs, but, um, you know, he did have a lot of uh, legitimate excuses, we think. Yeah. And he's trained tremendously well since then. Uh, Bill Mott was absolutely um, gutted, I think, after the, the derby, but I think he's ready to, or to give the horse a shot at redemption and uh, with a bit of luck. Um, you know, I, I definitely expect an improved performance if he's good enough. Uh, we'll find out on Saturday. Well, you've got you've got the right sire for the Belmont in uh, Tappet. Uh, he said three uh, Belmont winners probably in his. What does he have? About seven crops, or eight crops? Yeah, yeah. and you know, on, on top of that, he's out of uh, a touch gold mare, and yeah. um, and she's out of a, an AP Indy mare. So wow, he's definitely got the it, Belmont connections written all over him. Uh, he's. 
um, always acted like a horse that would love to yeah. run longer. And, and obviously, he's a, he was a little bit inexperienced. But I think it was a positive to come out of the derby. It's that um, for all the uh, interference that he encountered, it sure would have made him um, a much more seasoned horse in a, in a hurry. Yeah. And uh, and let's say, you know, going into the um, into the Belmont, it won't be as big a field. And yeah. uh, hopefully we won't be uh, offering any excuses afterwards. Yeah. Now, uh, with the uh, social media that's out there and everything, it's so easy for us to watch these horses on XBTV and TVG and everything. You get really to, uh, you know, to form your own opinion of how they look and how they're doing and... Uh, so I've been watching Hofberg um, since the Derby uh, on every bit of social media, and he looks tremendous uh, to me right now. Yeah, Bill says that you know, I mean, he, he looked tremendous. I think going into the Derby. Yeah, and um, he he says that he came out of it in uh, the same shape. Um, he's a very for a horse that was inexperienced. Uh, he's a very confident personality, um, and he um, both Jose Ortiz, who rode him in the Florida Derby, and Dairad Ortiz um, said, you know, even in both of those races, when he took dirt in his face, and uh, that he just handled it perfectly and ran right through it. So I don't think he's, you know, he's a horse that can handle sure. um, the. Uh, all of the what's going to be thrown at him he just couldn't handle being stopped and having nowhere to go in the derby um, sure but uh, but you know the bottom line is he's taken on justify who looks an exceptional horse and he'll have to be fast enough on yeah. uh, on, on belmont day as well i hope there's a good pace to run at which that obviously is a big concern yeah um and um, outside of that it's out of our hands now irad ortiz rides the horse is that right Correct. I mean, yeah. he was very, um, obviously he was disappointed as well, but, uh, you know, adamant that he wanted to, uh, absolutely wanted to stay with the horse um, after the derby. And, you know, I, I think um, you get to, there's an advantage of throwing someone up uh, that sure. um, has some familiarity with the horse. But, you know, on top of that, obviously he's one of the best riders in the country and I don't see any reason. Uh, to want to change, and Bill didn't have any desire to change either, you know? Yeah. Now, I loved uh, Hofberg's gallop out, by the way, in the Derby. He looked all over uh, a Belmont horse that uh, that day, and now you're giving him the break, and now he's going to be fresh. Uh, so uh, you, you, you have uh, lots of horses with Bob Baffert, and is have you chatted with him about, you know, because he has to know that you're coming to get him? Yeah, you know, I mean, he's... he's joked about it but um we d- we don't go too deep into it i think we'll just we'll do the stare down on yeah, yeah. on Belmonte and, uh, across the paddock but I, you know I, I i i'd say at the same time you know even though he has mentioned it uh, and mentioned us as being a um legitimate threat uh, he's not acting like he's shaking in his shoes either right. so yeah <laughs> uh, nor nor should he be with a horse of the caliber of have justified, but I, I just hope our our guy can um, step up and, and give him a real run for it. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, and I really hope in the last two furlongs that the pedigree comes through. Yeah. 
Now, you guys have been on quite a roll of late at uh, Judd Mont with horses like uh, Enable, <laughs> Frankel, Arrogate, uh, Cracksman. Is that his name? Cracksman? Or, well, he's not ours. He's, he's by Frankel. Oh, but, by Frankel, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I tell you, there's always room for more. Oh, sure. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> now, can you give us an Arrogate update? How was his uh, first year at Stud? Did tremendously well, Frank. He's... Yeah. Uh, um, he's he's going to. Uh, we had limited his book um, to the to 142 mares, and we um, um, have obviously filled it with some exceptional oh, mares and and a tremendous amount of Grade One winners, dams of Grade One winners, and Grade at Stakes winners. And you know we've um, got a nice cross section of different types of mares, and uh, I, I think you know it give him every opportunity yeah. to. Uh, be the success that we hope um, you know can follow on from his racing career. Yeah, um, yeah. that'll be exciting. That's good. So you've got <coughs> Arrogate in this country and Frankel in uh, Europe. Um, How is Frankel doing? He's doing tremendously well. Obviously, had the um, winner of the Coronation Cup yesterday at um, at Epsom, and um, you know, Cracksman looks about the best older horse in the yeah. Country, if not the best older turf horse in the in the world, maybe even at the moment, you know. So it's, um, or at least he is until Enable comes back. Anyway. Yeah, that's what uh, I was just gonna uh, say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now it's you know, you know it, it, it's it's exciting what Frankel is doing, and I've always said it's what you always hope can happen when you have a great horse is that they can reproduce themselves yeah. in their offspring. Yeah. Now you mentioned Enable. What? I mean, just what a year she had last year. And uh, winner of the Arc de Triomphe, the King George, you know, the Oaks. And uh, so, h- how is Enable doing and what's the plan? Well, she um, just had a little chip on the back of her knee uh, in her uh, accessory carpal bone that they took out. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not supposedly um, a major issue. And um, they will have her back in training. Uh, in the next, uh, I don't know, 60 days or so, and with the hope, obviously, that she could make um, a defence of her title in the arc. Yeah. But um, obviously, it'll be a race against time, I would say, for the um, you know for the end of the year. But best case scenario, yeah, she will be there. And has there been any talk about what we will breed her to? When she is ready, I haven't. Yeah, no, I haven't. No. Um, I haven't been party to the, the, those discussions. Um, I got you. Teddy, you know, is extremely um, high on how she looks, and yeah. I'm sure there'll be discussion as to whether she might even spend training next year. You yeah. Know? So um, I'd say it would be premature to start packing her off yet. Yeah. Right. Now, by Teddy, you mean Lord Grimthorpe, don't you? Lord Grimthorpe. Yes. Correct. Uh, now, unfortunate news uh, yesterday it shocked the whole industry of Bill Graves passing. And uh, well, what, what do you think about that? Well, you know, he uh, I've known Bill or remember Bill um, since the going back to the very first year that I came to um, Kentucky was 1986, and then I went up and worked the sales at Saratoga, and I remember Bill at the time working the sales for uh, Lee Eaton and the you know the crew from that was the first time I encountered the Virginia Maryland crew and yeah. 
Um, and, you know, the, he was obviously, a, he was a fantastic um, showman and obviously a fantastic horseman. And then got to know him over the years um, through um, the sales and through Fasig and, and got to know his son, Brian, who I have a very high regard for as well. And yeah. just uh, um, just one of those gentlemen of the um, industry that uh, we're going to miss yeah. uh, significantly and um, definitely gone way too way too soon. Gone way too soon, and and I think there's the shock of how quickly it yeah. uh, occurred as well that has rocked um, uh, the local industry anyway. But yeah. um, anyway, very 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 sad, and um, and we'll miss him. Yeah, very sad. I mean, like you you say about uh, going quickly. He was out at Hillendale a month ago looking at yearlings and uh, looked as as fit as a flea. And well, I would have never thought that the man was. 69 he looked very fresh faced and had a, a great attitude and uh to think that the man could go down that quickly was just unbelievable and i feel so so much sympathy for brian his son uh the, you know he's the only one of the graves boys that are uh, you know that i know of the graves family and uh, uh just very sad but uh so um any new euros that we should be looking for you know, we go in cycles, um, of, of sometimes we have a horde of horses to bring over here and sometimes we have very few and at yeah. the moment things are uh, a little bit on the um, quiet side. We had um, two very nice fillies that I thought would be um, uh, fillies that would be aiming for some of the top prizes during the summer, um, Shutter Speed yeah. and Icepire, and, and they're both back here on the farm. And, um, you know, just with minor injuries and sure. hopefully we'll be back by the the fall. Um, we've just sent um, Hale, who's a half-sister, to close hatches. Tappet half-sister to close hatches. There was mistakes placed early in the year and, and just had to remove a chip from her ankle. She's just gone back to Bill Moss and we'd have hopes for her at the um, latter part of the um, summer, early fall, and you know that young two-year-olds they're starting to go into um, or getting ready to go into training. But just I think we're going to have a quiet summer outside yeah. of um, Hofburg because just of the way things have fallen this year, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, you know, as I said, you have been on a roll of late, and uh, yeah, I don't think that Judmont have anything to uh, feel sorry, you know, like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, like there's always room for it. Though. There's always room for that, that's right. Yeah. Well, Gart, best of luck uh, to Judmont Farm with uh, Hofburg next uh, week, and uh, we'll be looking forward to it. He'll be carrying my money, because I'm going to have a bet on him, and... Uh, uh, was so, it you were the, at fault in the derby? Yes, it was. Yeah, I got him stopped. <laughs> <laughs> you know me, Gareth. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so Gareth, thank you very much for your time, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay? Cheers, Frank. All, All right, bye-bye. Gareth Rook, manager of Judmont Farm, who will be represented by Hofburg in Next Saturday's Belmont Stakes, the main opposition, I would believe, to Justify's Triple Crown bid. And we got to go off to break, so we'll be right back. Enviro Equine and Pet knows the most important thing that anyone can have is information, which is why we support Riders Up, which brings racing enthusiasts the most timely and valuable information from the voices shaping racing today. 
Enviro Equine and Pet produces products for horses and pets out of the finest all-natural ingredients formulated by top professionals. By blending the best of nature and science, Enviro Equine will give your animal what they need to be healthy. All Enviro Equine and Pet products are free from GMOs, lessen inflammation, lessen joint pain, improve skin and coat health, and support immunity. To learn more about Enviro Equine and Pet's complete product line, please visit www.enviroequine.com today. That's www.enviroequine.com today. Welcome back to Riders Up here on ESPN Sports Radio, 1300 AM and 92.5 FM. So now we'll do a little handicapping. And talking about the handicapping, I love this uh, Churchill Downs card today. Uh, in the we'll start out in the fifth race, maybe. Uh, in the fifth race, uh, one thing that uh, jumps off the page right away at you is the one-horse Emma. A $2 million weanling purchase, purchased by Willis Horton Racing, trained by Steve Asmussen. Horse has been working right along and has a very nice 59-3, and a second of 12 best workouts on uh, May 25th. Now, she will go as your favourite in that race, and to be honest with you, I don't see much in the race that can beat her other than inexperience because they are going a mile and a 16th on the grass. And, you know, it's not easy to win going two turns on the grass first time out. So uh, maybe just maybe take a look at her because she will be a, a short price favorite. She does debut with Lasix, which is a good a good sign for Steve Asmussen. And uh, he does win at 17% with his first-time starters, 15% with his first-time turf horses. And so then in the sixth race, there's a, a very nice race in the sixth race. It's a kind of wide open race that could go in any direction. Um, I do believe that the two horse Hollywood Handsome is only two for 15, one for four at Churchill Downs. I think that he'll have a big chance in, the, in that race. Uh, Mark and Nancy Stanley are the owners, so that Dallas Stewart is the trainer. The four year old by Tapazar. And he's probably the better looking of of any of the six horses that line up in today's race. So I go for the two Hollywood Handsome in that race. Uh, then in the seventh race, this is a race where I'm going to give you a winner. Okay, the seventh race in the uh, in the seventh race, the two horse Complimenti. This horse came over from Maidan and started two times. When trained by Mike McCarthy in uh, in Southern California, started Del Mar first time out, finished last. Uh, then in their second start, finished last again. Was beaten twenty four and a half lengths in her first start, then beaten seventeen and a quarter and a half in her second uh, race. She was twenty six to one. But look at her works since coming to Brendan Walsh. Now Brendan is a great young trainer. Not that Mike McCarthy isn't. Uh, Brennan is a tremendous young trainer, and if you look at the way that this filly has been working, she's a 59 flat uh, bullet work, best of 27 at Keeneland, and uh, all the workouts at Keeneland have been quite Im impressive. And first time with uh, trainer Brendan Walsh, uh, the horses are winning at 25%. 
And this filly was third in the UAE Oaks. She was fourth in the UAE Guineas. And she run against a serious, serious competition over there. And this is a maiden race, and she's in for, and she, she's in today, and she's six to one. Uh, so I say the two complementi uh, in the seventh race at Churchill would be my best bet. It's going seven furlongs. Uh, I, you know, I'm not sure what happened to her in California, but I know she's not working uh, the way she, uh, 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 the way she, she should, uh, she should, she's working just tremendous right now, I should say. And I see that if she reproduces the form that she showed in Maidan over in Dubai, she will uh, she'll beat these horses, and she is six to one. Uh, then in the uh, ninth race, um, Solomini and Mississippi show up. Uh, so this is a, a one other Dan, and you've got so- Solomini and Mississippi showing up, but. I wouldn't say that they, they're uh, certainties to win this race. Um, Solomini looked like he's kind of, you know, he's a horse. He's by Curlin, cost 270000 Curlin is a tremendous sire. Uh, but this kind of this horse has kind of lost his way a little bit. He's acting like he's, you know, he's not really into the game so far. And I don't know if I'd take three to five on on anything in there. But I can't tell you who, who I'd choose to, to beat uh the entry of Solomonia, Mississippi, but I would uh, would be very wary about taking three to five. Now in the tenth uh, race, that's the hundred thousand Aristides, and there is nothing but speed in this race. You got the one, the two Shadow Tracer, the one Smart Spree, the five Mister Crow, and the seven uh, Chief Cicatrice. Uh, they're all speed horses, and they're all going to line up. Uh, on the lead, I would imagine, and it looks to me like the three-horse Wilbo will take a lot of beating uh, off of the pace. Um, so I'll go for the three-horse Wilbo there. Then in the Mighty Bow, Morticia, she's also entered in the sixth race at Penn National. Not sure which way Rusty Arnold uh, will choose to go. I think he's got $100,000 at Penn National to run for. And he's running for 75000 in his backyard. He only has to lead her. Uh, well, she's in training at Keeneland, but yeah, she's just a van ride away from uh, Churchill Downs. Uh, and then she's got to take on the boys. So I'm not really sure about uh, uh, which way they're going to go um, in this race. But you, uh, you then you have the 10 horse in here, Hoagie, who's only 9-5 to five on the morning line. Uh, looking for his 20th lifetime win, 9-year-old by Awfully Wild. Mike Maker did a great job, claimed him for 80000 last year, and he's rewarded him by winning two Group 3s and a $75,000 uh, turf race. Tried a mile at Gulfstream, just ran off and hid from them, and then came back in the Maker's Mark Mile, was overmatched, um, but he's now back uh, to his favourite uh, surface. He draws the outside, and I believe that Hoagie will be double tough, uh, in the mighty bow tomorrow at Churchill. Uh, so that's uh, all I have to say for Churchill Downs, and that's all we have to say for this week. Thank you very much for listening, and we will hopefully get you back next week. Bye.